My name is Rick Renner. Today I'm in St. Petersburg, Russia, in the Yusupov Palace, and this was their home theater. A little different than what most people think of in-home theaters today. This was a real theater. The Yusupovs were so powerful and so rich, and they were just one member of the royal family. There were many. There was so much wealth in Russia before the 1917 revolution. And on the stage of this home theater, there were all kinds of performances, opera, ballet, orchestral performances. People applauded and celebrated at every kind of performance that took place on this stage. You know, God loves all kinds of music. God loves variety on every level. And when we come to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19 and 20, the Apostle Paul writes about worship and praise. He specifically writes about psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, which tells me God enjoys it all. He likes a variety. Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. We tend to get hung up on the one that we like the most, but God enjoys an assortment of praise and worship. And that is what I'm going to talk to you about today. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Welcome to today's program. My name is Rick Renner. Dear friend, thank you for letting me come right into your space. And today I'm here with... Denise. And honey, I'm so glad you're with me for the program today. Rick, thank you for inviting me because I am loving these programs. Well, you are a worshiper and we're talking about encountering God's powerful presence in worship. And Denise, this series is so powerful that I want everybody to get a copy of it. And the name of the series is Encountering God's Powerful Presence in Worship. And notice the emphasis on the word encountering. We should encounter God's powerful presence when we worship. And we've seen in the programs this week that when we worship, it forms a conduit or a channel through which the presence of God comes right into our atmosphere. And when that presence comes, it shifts the environment. Everything changes. Bondages are broken off of us. Revelation is released. Healing is released. People that are depressed are set free. And today we're going to be showing this to you in the Bible. But we should encounter God's powerful presence when we worship at home, in the car, or at church. It doesn't matter. It is a conduit through which His presence comes. And Denise and I really want you to order this five-part series, which comes with a study guide so you can read along while you see it or while you hear it. And Denise, we're offering Philip's new book, and I'm so excited for you to get this book. It's called Worship Without Limits. Listen to the name of that book. I love Worship this book. Without Limits. I love it too. I've read it cover to cover, and you have too. I have too. And the subtitle says, The Place of Supernatural Access to God's Presence and Power. You will devour this book, and you can order it and all of these things at 
renner.org or you can just give us a call right now. And today we're also offering you my book which is called A Life Ablaze. And the reason we're offering this book in conjunction with this series is because there's a chapter in this book called Ablaze with Worship that really enumerates all the things that happen when we create a worshipful atmosphere. You will devour this book. And when you become a partner with our ministry, we're going to send you two books as our way of saying, welcome to our partner family. And when we call you a partner, we really mean you are a partner. And if you're already a partner, Denise and I want to say thank you. And if you're not, please become a partner and we'll send you my book called Life in the Combat Zone. And Denise, we're not prophesying a combat zone on anybody. Everybody's already in battles. They just need to know how to get through it. And that's why the subtitle says, How to Survive, Thrive, and Overcome in the Midst of Any Difficult Situation. And when you become a partner, we want you to have this book and Denise's book called The Gift of Forgiveness. That is a life-transforming book. And we want all partners to have these two books. And please remember that if you need prayer, we want to hear from you because we believe in prayer. And the moment we hear from you, when your email shows up in our inbox or the phone rings, Denise and I and our team, we're going to release our faith for Jesus Christ to step into your situation and do what needs to be done. Say amen. 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 All right, are you ready, Denise? I'm ready. Today we're going to talk about God's powerful presence in songs, hymns, and spiritual songs. And I want you to open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5, verses 19 and 20. And remember, we're believing for a revival of the Bible in the church, and we always use the Bible in this program. But in Psalm chapter 5, verse 19 and 20, the Apostle Paul is writing and he says, Speaking to yourselves, listen to this, Denise, mm -hmm. in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. But Denise, notice in this verse, Paul mentions psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. What is the difference between a psalm and a hymn? and a spiritual song. Well, in Greek, these really are three very different words. So let's look at it. Are you ready? I'm ready. The word psalms is a Greek word, psalmos, and it depicts a song of praise. The word hymn is the Greek word, humnos, which describes a sacred composition designed to give glory to God. And the phrase spiritual songs, all right, are you ready for this? It is from an entire Greek phrase, which literally means songs in the spirit, singing in the spirit, or it refers to singing in tongues. That is exactly what he's talking about in this verse. And Denise, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 that you can pray in tongues and you can pray with your understanding. And what else does it say? Would you read that verse to us? Okay, here's the whole verse. All right. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will also sing with the understanding. So according to that verse, you can pray in your own natural language. Yes. And you can also pray in the Spirit or pray in tongues. And actually, when you go a few verses further in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, it says that when you pray in tongues or sing in tongues, you give thanks well. There's no better way to worship God than singing in the Spirit. 
And I'll tell you that in our church in Moscow, we regularly sing in the Spirit. We do it deliberately. Why not? We are spirits. We are spirit beings. And to all worship, there should be an intellectual dimension. That's your own language. There should be a spiritual dimension. That is your spiritual language. And here, when the Apostle Paul says spiritual songs, the Greek literally means songs in the Spirit, singing in the Spirit, or singing in tongues. Isn't that amazing? Oh, I love it, Rick. And then he goes on and says, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. The word singing, the Greek word ado, simply means to sing with a voice, and it particularly describes expressive vocal singing. And my friends, I want to tell you that singing is an attribute that belongs only to human beings. I know that people think angels sing, and maybe they do. But the Bible actually never tells us that. It tells us about the four and twenty elders which sing in heaven. But every time you read about what the angels do, it says the angels say, or the angels declare. There's no evidence in Scripture that angels sing. And that was quite a shock to me. But it also means singing is very special. It's something that we have to give to God. And when we sing, it is such a gift that we have to give to the Lord. And then it goes on to say, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And Denise, the word melody here means to pluck the strings of an instrument. But in this particular case, it's really not describing instrumental music. It's talking about your heart, the melody in your heart, which means our spirit and our heart is like a harp. It is like a piano. It's like a violin. You can pluck the strings of your heart in worship. And all of that is what we read in these verses. And the verse could be rendered like this. You are to be continually speaking songs of praise, hymns, sacred compositions designed to give glory to God, and spiritual songs, which includes singing in the Spirit, along with heartfelt expressions and song that are plucked from the strings of your heart. And when you begin to worship God like that, it forms that conduit through which the presence of God comes to shift the atmosphere. But we find that Paul also writes about this, in Colossians 3, verse 16, and the NIV says, we're to sing psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. The Greek means songs in the Spirit. Again, it's singing in tongues, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. All of that is in Ephesians 5, 19 and 20, and Colossians 3, verse 16. But let me ask a question, Denise. How does God respond when we really worship from the heart? And the answer is found in Psalm 22, verse 3, where the Bible says, But thou art holy, O thou that what and inhabits the praises of Israel. Israel. And according to this verse, God inhabits the praise and the worship of his people. And the word inhabits, Denise, literally means to sit enthroned on top of. And it pictures the presence of God coming down, sitting on top of a person that is worshiping. Or the presence of God sitting on top of an entire congregation that is worshiping. God says, oh, I like what they're doing so much. I want to be a part of it. And God's presence comes and hovers right over that individual or hovers right over that congregation. Isn't that powerful, Denise? Rick, can I tell you a little story right there? Please do. Well, 
Several years ago, I was praying and singing with a new believer. And, and I said, well, we're going to praise the Lord. So we're sitting there together and I started praising the Lord. I was praising the Lord in English and I told her, just speak from your heart how much you love him and just start praising him. So she's praising him in her language. I'm praising her in my language and the presence of God comes. And she goes, what? well, something's happening. What is that? I said, that's the presence of God. She goes, oh, I like that. Let's keep doing that. <laughs> that's <great. laughs> but that's what happens. God sits <clears throat> enthroned on top of our praise and our worship. And a biblical example that we've already seen is in Acts chapter 16, verse 25, when Paul and Silas yes. were beaten and put in prison in the deepest parts of the prison. And the Bible says they were singing and worshiping so loudly that all the prisoners could hear them. And suddenly God said, I'm going to go join them. And God's presence came into the very deepest part of that prison, which means God's presence can go anywhere. It doesn't matter where you are. If you begin to worship, it will open the floodgates for the presence of God to come. And when the presence of God came, it came with a delivering power, a rescuing power that set them free. And Denise, I always think about Catherine Kuhlman's meetings, which had such an impact on my life. Sister Kuhlman really understood when to make an entrance on stage. She wanted the power of God to be present before she ever came on stage to begin to minister. So the people would begin to worship and worship. Denise, you could nearly feel the entire auditorium being lifted up together into the presence of God when suddenly God's power would begin to come into that auditorium. And I can remember that even before Catherine Kuhlman would speak, an announcer would come on stage and would say, miracles are already happening. Why? Because they really were connected to Catherine Kuhlman. She just understood how to create the environment environment where the power of God would come. And that's what happened in worship. God's glory came and sat on top of the congregation and miracles begin to happen. And this leads me to the word glory, because very often when you talk about worship, you also talk about the glory of God. Well, the glory of God comes when people worship. That is the presence of God. And in the Old Testament, the word glory describes something that was heavy or something that was weighty. And in particular, it described the strong presence of God that was heavy with everything good. It was filled with divine treasures. It was filled with revelation. It was filled with finances. It was filled with everything good. Glory describes the heavy presence of God filled with everything good. And we see an example in 2 Chronicles chapter 5. When the priests came into the temple to worship, and as they were worshiping, what happened? God said, I'm going to join them. His presence came, sat enthroned upon them, and the glory was so heavy, the priests collapsed under the weight of it. Now I want to ask you, have you ever been in a worship service where it felt like the atmosphere just became heavy. That is an evidence of the presence of God. You may not visually see it with your eyes, but when that atmosphere becomes heavy, my friends, reach out and scoop what you need because the atmosphere is filled with everything good that you need. That is the glory of God. Denise. You know, Rick, I love what you're saying because he comes, but in every instance that you just said, 
He comes with what you need. What did Paul and Silas need? They needed to be freed from that jail. That's right. So when we open up our heart and when we worship him, he comes, but he knows exactly what you need and he comes with what you need. And that leads us to the word glory in the New Testament, which is a little different from the word glory in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, it's the word doxa. It also describes a heavy, weighty presence loaded with everything good, but the word doxa also carries the idea, are you ready for this, of discernment and judgment. Mm -hmm. And what we find is when the glory of God comes into your room, or when the glory of God rests upon a congregation, the mind of God is in that glory. And the glory of God hovering over the congregation discerns, that's what it means. The word doxa means to discern. Discerns the need in every single person. God sees the need in every heart that the pastor cannot see, that the worship leader cannot see, that your neighbor cannot see, but the glory of God sees it all and then begins to supernaturally divide and distribute what is needed to every single person. So if a person is in sin, the glory of God deals with them about sin. If a person is depressed, the glory of God begins to part to them what they need, some kind of encouragement. If a person is sick, they receive healing. If a person is bound, they receive freedom. That word glory carries the idea of discernment and distribution. That's what happens when the presence of God comes. And yeah. when you go to Psalm 133, verses 1 through 3, huh, we read something very interesting about the anointing. And Denise, I think it's one of the most important verses in the Bible about the anointing. It says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Now we're going to find out that where there is unity among the brethren or unity in church or unity between you and your spouse, something happens. Look at it again. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Now look at this. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard even Aaron's beard, and went down to the skirts of his garment. And here we have the picture of Aaron being anointed with oil. And he was so anointed with oil, so much oil was poured on his head that it ran down his beard, came upon his garment, ran down the pleats of his garment, down to the ground until Aaron was standing in a pool of anointing. Oh, that is so powerful. And when the church gets into unity, God releases his spirit until we stand in a pool of anointing. But hey, what releases it? Unity. But wait, notice something else. It says, it's as the dew of Hermon and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. For there, in unity, the Lord commands his blessing, even life forevermore. But notice he says the anointing that comes in this corporate atmosphere of worship is like the dew of Hermon, the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. So Denise, let's talk about dew. When I was a boy, I loved to go out in the mornings because dew was everywhere. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that? Yeah. You lived out in the country, so I know you yeah. remember it very well. But it's amazing that moisture is in the air all the time, but you can't see moisture. Sometimes you can feel it but you cannot see moisture. There has to come a certain moment when the atmospheric conditions are met 
for the invisible moisture in the air to tangibly manifest and show up on the grass or on the lawn furniture or anything that's outside, it'll show up on your car. There's an atmospheric moment when things change and suddenly what is invisible tangibly manifests and shows up and suddenly everything is covered with dew. droplets of water, which we call dew. Yeah. And now the writer of Psalms here says the anointing is like that. Well, think about it. The anointing is with us all the time. But you can't always see the anointing. You can sense the presence of the anointing. But according to this verse, there is a moment when unity comes, often it comes during worship. When suddenly there is such a unified presence in the church, it's like the atmospheric spiritual conditions are suddenly met and what is in the spirit realm is invisible, suddenly shows up in the church and everybody gets touched. It's like a corporate anointing. Everybody gets touched. One person becomes joyous. Another person cries. Another person is healed. Another person is encouraged. Another person is strengthened. Another person just silently receives what they need from the Lord. But it's like droplets of the anointing suddenly show up all over the auditorium. And that is why I always say there's nothing to be compared to a good worship service. In one worship service, more can be done than can be done in a hundred counseling sessions. And I believe in counseling. But when you do a good worship service, that conduit is created for the anointing to be released. Suddenly the Spirit of God shows up, droplets of the anointing all over the place, or now we're standing in a pool of anointing. And when that happens, everybody gets changed and everybody gets touched. So powerful. Isn't that powerful, Denise? I love it. Oh, oh, Lord, we pray that that kind of anointing would show up in our personal worship times and it would show up in our churches and in our congregations. You know, recently I've been worshiping every morning while I read my Bible because I understand that when I worship, it creates that conduit. Now, the Holy Spirit's there all the time. But we're talking about taking it out of the invisible realm and bringing it into the material, visible realm. And I've been worshiping because I want to form that conduit for the presence of God to come, to sit enthroned on top of me in my room, Denise, where I'm reading my Bible and praying and worshiping. And you do the same thing. I hear you. And you can do it right where you are. My friends, you can encounter God's powerful presence in worship. There's really no mystery to this. If you'll just begin to worship from your heart, which is what God requires, it will throw open that portal for God's powerful presence to come, shift the atmosphere, and change everything in your life. But Denise and I will be back in just a moment, and we want to pray for you. A recent report says, among adults who regularly attend church services, one half admit that they haven't experienced God's manifested presence at any time during the past year. And this was not among the Easter and Christmas-only church attenders, but among people who attended an average of more than two dozen worship services last year. God wants you to encounter His powerful presence in worship. And that's why Rick and Denise Renner have taught the new five-part series, Encountering God's Powerful Presence in Worship. In this life-changing series, you will learn of God's powerful presence in personal worship, God's powerful presence in New Testament songs, God's powerful presence in songs, hymns and spiritual songs, God's powerful presence in different sounds and styles, God's presence 
is powerful and is with us everywhere we go. This five-part series is available in digital or physical format, starting at just $10. In addition to this teaching series, you can also purchase the book, Worship Without Limits, by Philip Renner and A Life Ablaze by Rick Renner. In both books, you'll learn how to tap into the supernatural and access the power of God during worship. A whole new supernatural realm awaits you, and these two books will help you know how to step into that realm. Order your copy of Worship Without Limits for only $17 and A Life Ablaze for only $18. Bring the supernatural presence of God right to where you are and shift the atmosphere in your life. Don't miss this special offer, the series Encountering God's Powerful Presence in Worship and the books Worship Without Limits and A Life Ablaze. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. Hey friends and partners, this is Rick Renner. You can probably see my breath because it's minus nine here right now, but I'm standing in the new building for our Moscow TV studio. And I wanna say thank you to you for all of your sacrificial giving, for being a part of our giving team. Phase one enabled us to construct this building and it is completely paid for. The building itself, the windows, the doors, all the way to the roof, even the heating system. And in phase one, we were enabled to purchase our building in Tulsa and now we have secured it. But now in phase two, we need to finish the interior of this building. We can't move into it the way that it is today. But my friends, in a very short time, we're going to have cameras working in this building and from this location, we're going to be sending teaching that people can trust to the ends of the planet. And the focus of phase two is finishing this facility. And as I told you before, it's not about buildings. It's about having a building so that we can create programming that will change people's lives. And I'm asking you to please pray about being a part of the giving team to finish phase two, which is completing the interior of this building. And I promise you, we will be so careful with every penny and every dollar you give. We understand the value of money. And we're going to pray for God to magnificently and massively multiply your giving back to you again. Thank you so much. Please become a part of our giving team to finish phase two as we complete the interior of the Moscow TV studio. Well, today we've been talking about praise and worship. And Denise, it's been so good. I love it, Rick. Oh, Denise. I love to talk about worshiping him because you're talking about him. He is the, we have an audience of one. When you worship, it's really about an audience of one. And you encounter God's presence because he comes to join you. Yeah. And that's why we want you to get the series called Encountering God's Powerful Presence in Worship. It's not just about singing. It's about creating a channel through which his presence comes right to where you are so you can encounter his powerful presence. And this comes with a great study guide so you can read it and follow along while you're seeing or while you're listening to the series. And we're offering you Philip's book. That is Philip Renner, our middle son, who is a great worship leader. And he's written a book called Worship Without Limits. The subtitle says, The Place of Supernatural Access. Denise, I love that. Supernatural access to God's presence and power. Worship without limits. That's what we want. 
And we're also offering you my book, which is called The Life of Blaze. And one chapter in this book is about being ablaze with worship. But both of these books will be a blessing to you. And you can order all of these things by going online or by giving us a call right now. And dear friend, if you have a need in your life, begin to worship. God will come right to where you are and call us so we can agree with you in prayer. The moment our phone rings or your email shows up in our inbox, we're going to release our faith for Jesus to step right into the place where you are. And when he does, everything really will change. But Denise and I want to pray for you. Father, thank you so much that we could be together today. We thank you that your presence comes where there's unity. We rebuke a spirit of disunity. And Lord, we call on that powerful anointing to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. See you tomorrow. Denise, let's remember where the, the word, word of, of the, the king, king is, is there, there is power. power.